I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome. This is Religion Today. I'm your host, Martin Tanner. Today is Easter Sunday, the most holy of all Christian holidays. The early Christians called it Resurrection Sunday, of course, in honor of the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In honor of this great holiday, I thought I would give a chronology, a short chronology of the last several days before the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. Let's start with the Saturday and Sunday before the crucifixion and resurrection. So we're looking at a week before those monumental events. Jesus was walking to Jerusalem with his apostles. He got close on Saturday, arriving at a town that's kind of on the outskirts of Jerusalem called Bethany. And this was six days before Passover. While he was at Bethany, Jesus was anointed at Simon the leper's house. The next day was Sunday. On Sunday, a large crowd who had heard that Jesus was there came to Bethany to see Jesus and hear what he might have to say. Jesus speaks to the crowd. And then on the next day, Monday, Jesus enters Jerusalem to a large crowd who really appreciated and were just giving him a triumphal and glorious reception there. Later in the day, Jesus left to go back to Bethany This was after first visiting the temple in Jerusalem. Now, keep in mind that on this Monday, which was Nisan 10, the 10th day of Nisan, the month of Nisan in the Jewish calendar, this was the very day when the Passover lambs were selected. This was the same day that Jesus was, in essence, being selected as he entered Jerusalem, he was presenting himself, literally presenting himself, as Israel's paschal lamb for slaughter. 
The next day, Tuesday, Jesus, after spending the night in Bethany, returns to Jerusalem and on his way cursed a fig tree. As he arrives in Jerusalem, he challenged the temple practice of selling on the premises. He didn't like the fact that the temple grounds had been turned into a marketplace. For influential Jewish leaders in Jerusalem, this was the last straw. They got together and planned a way to have Jesus killed. That same day, Tuesday in the evening, Jesus left Jerusalem, presumably returning to Bethany, and stayed the night. The next morning on Wednesday, Jesus and his disciples walked again to Jerusalem. On the way, the disciples noticed that the fig tree Jesus had cursed the day before had withered. When they got to the temple in Jerusalem, Jesus' authority and wisdom was questioned by some Jewish leaders. And later that day, we're still on Wednesday, Jesus went to the Mount of Olives and gave a marvelous discourse to people who followed to hear him speak. Two more significant things happen on Wednesday. First, Jesus predicted that in two days he would be crucified at the time of the Passover. Second, Judas decided to betray him and entered into a plan with some of the local Jewish leaders. That brings us to Thursday. Now we're just the day before the crucifixion. On Thursday, Jesus and his disciples prepared the Passover meal. They had their Seder meal, as it was called, all together. And Jesus, in effect, refashions it or reforms it in a way so that it's more understandable. The meaning was not changed, but the meaning was explained. That they were doing this, this Passover meal was indeed to remember the sacrifice that he was making. Jesus spoke emotionally to his disciples. As his death neared, he prayed with great emotion in what's called the intercessory prayer on behalf of the disciples. Jesus and a few of his closest disciples go to the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus suffered intense, excruciating agony, and according to LDS belief, took upon himself the sins of transgressions, infirmities, sorrows, grief, and pain of all people everywhere throughout all time. Later that night, Thursday night, Jesus was betrayed by Judas, who greeted Jesus with a kiss on the cheek. Why kiss on the cheek? That was typical greeting, but it was so the Roman soldiers could tell in the group which guy was Jesus, who they were supposed to arrest. Still later in the evening, Jesus, after being arrested, was tried by Annas. And then a little later, still on that Thursday evening, he was tried by Caiaphas and other religious leaders. 
Next, Jesus was imprisoned. He spent the night in jail. Friday morning arrives. Now we get to Friday, the day of the crucifixion. Early in the morning, Jesus was tried first by the Sanhedrin, then by Pilate, then by Herod Antipas, and then by Pilate again. He was found guilty of blasphemy for saying he was the son of God and for treason based on the idea that his followers thought him the king of the Jews, which Jesus did not deny, which was taken as an inference that he had betrayed his country and was trying to overthrow the government. Jesus was then led at the same time the Passover lambs were being sacrificed as part of the observance of Passover to his own slaughter. We're still on Friday, of course, the day of crucifixion upon hearing of Jesus' death on the cross, which would have been an excruciating death. A kind of secret disciple of Jesus, a wealthy man named Joseph of Arimathea, asked Pilate for Jesus' body. And Pilate said, yes. Joseph of Arimathea immediately bought a linen burial cloth, went to Golgotha, and took down the body of Jesus from the cross. Joseph of Arimathea with his friend Nicodemus wrapped up Jesus' body tightly in the burial cloth, which was, in essence, a long strip of linen cloth. Women disciples of Jesus who had come from Galilee took myrrh and aloe that, according to the Gospel of John, was 75 pounds worth, mixed them together and applied them to the burial cloth, which covered Jesus from head to toe. Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus and the disciples then carried Jesus' body to the tomb, which had been carved out of rock, which was after the body was placed in it, which was a tomb owned by Joseph of Arimathea, uh, a stone was rolled, sort of a large disc-shaped stone was rolled in front of the tomb. All of this was done from the time Jesus died at about 3 p.m. as fast as possible in about three and a half hours, so that within a four-hour time period by 7 p.m. in March or early April, at sunset, the Sabbath began, No more work could be done, so it all had to be done by then. We're going to take a short break, finish up the story of the resurrection, and then a few thoughts. Stay tuned. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com 
follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen. We're back. This is Religion Today on Easter Sunday, on Resurrection Sunday, as the early Christians called it. When we took our break, we were at the point where Jesus' physical body had been entombed and the stone, large disc-shaped stone of rock, had been rolled in front of the opening to the tomb where Jesus' body had been placed If you have questions or comments about this show, or if you would like this chronology, feel free to send me an email. I haven't taken the time to give you all the scriptural references to the things that I'm mentioning because it would just take too long to do that. But if you'd like this chronology with the scriptural references to it, send me an email. Send it to martinstanner at gmail.com. Or if you have another question or comment, feel free to send me an email, martinstanner at gmail.com. All right, back to our story about Jesus' death and resurrection. Joseph of Arimathea had placed Jesus in a tomb with the assistance of Nicodemus and women disciples. The tomb was closed, and it was there with this rock in front of it until somewhere, well, it was at sundown, it, this was all done. The Sabbath happened, no work could be done. And then the next day, the Sabbath came, it was Saturday, the Sabbath, and Jesus' body had been in the tomb. On that day, interestingly enough, certain Pharisees who were breaking the Sabbath by doing work hired Roman soldiers to seal the tomb, which already had this round disc stone placed in front of it. How would you seal a tomb that already had a stone in front of it? You put a seal of wax at the place where the stone disc meets the wall of the tomb. You put wax there and put the official seal into the wax. The soldiers were to guard the tomb with their lives. They were to guard every post with their lives. Leaving it would have been the death penalty. Sometime between the time that these soldiers, who were part of the greatest army on earth, and keep in mind the Roman soldiers trained incredibly. They were sort of like the Navy SEALs of today. They were the best of the best of the best, or maybe a little bit like the Marines. They were the most fearsome group of all. But something happened while they were guarding the tomb that made them flee their post. The toughest guys on the planet ran away. And when Sunday morning came and the two women first appeared, the stone had already been rolled away and the body of Jesus was gone. He was resurrected. This was an incredible thing that was witnessed by the apostles. It was something that was unexpected by them. They didn't understand all of the details 
of what was supposed to occur. We know in hindsight the things that are to occur, but not then did they know. Some more thoughts. After Jesus was resurrected, he appeared to Mary. She mistook him for a carpenter or for a gardener. How could she do that? When Joseph Smith saw Jesus and God the Father, they were glorious beyond all description, and many other people in near-death experiences describe him the same. Jesus was newly resurrected. We somehow have this idea that resurrection instantly makes you glorious and you achieve complete perfection somehow almost instantaneously. Well, in order for mothers and fathers to raise infants who have died to maturity, and in order for those who have died with great infirmities or at great age to, in essence, grow younger, as described by Brigham Young and Joseph Smith, it would apparently take some length of time. After all, a few days later, Jesus still has the sword wound in his side and the wounds in his hands and in his feet. The resurrection process to reach full culmination of glory apparently takes some period of time. Next point, there were others who were resurrected. Matthew 27 verses 52 and 53 say that the tombs were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised after his resurrection. And they came out of the tombs and entered the holy city, meaning Jerusalem, and appeared to many people. Hebrews chapter 11 verses 30 through 37 also tells us about women who received their dead by resurrection. This is an often overlooked couple of verses here. Joseph Smith identifies other resurrected beings. He talks about John the Baptist and the appearance of Peter, James, and John. And I realize that we don't know for sure if John has been resurrected or if he's still a translated being, but the point is that for sure Peter and James and apparently other diverse angels, possibly Michael, possibly Adam, possibly others who, according to Holy Writ, have achieved godhood, have have been resurrected. Have others been resurrected? Yes, yes, they have. We know that many people have. There are accounts of resurrection. One of the most fascinating for me comes to us from about 1909. A man by the name of Ezekiel Johnson was plowing his field in San Juan County in Utah, and his plow uncovered a skeleton of a small child, and before his eyes, the flesh came upon it, and it came back to life and was taken up out of his sight. He personally didn't tell anybody about that for some time, wondering what it all meant. It was ultimately given to him that this was a small child who had been resurrected so that he could testify about it. A number of people have questioned this account, but I've actually acquired a tape recording of Ezekiel Johnson presenting this experience that he had and talked to members of his family, and they all 
believe it to be true, which I find fascinating and amazing. And I also believe it to be true. Some other thoughts about the resurrection. According to President Joseph F. Smith, when we are resurrected, we will be the same identical beings as we were when we died, even down to wounds in the flesh or defects or problems that we've had, deformities. But those will be eliminated over time as one grows to perfection, as Joseph Smith described. During that time period, as a child grows to perfection, parents will have the opportunity to raise their deceased children. Joseph Smith made a fascinating comment about a vision he saw of the resurrection. He saw men and women resurrecting, going up out of their graves and embracing each other with great joy. And he said this about that event. I shall make the saints, how shall I make the saints of God comprehend the visions that roll like an overflowing surge before my mind? Lay hold of these things and let not your hearts faint. All your losses will be made up to you in the resurrection, provided you continue faithful. By the vision of the Almighty, I have seen it. Joseph Smith saw the resurrection, the early saints saw the resurrected Jesus and the resurrection of many others, and Ezekiel Johnson in San Pete County saw the resurrection of a young girl. I celebrate Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, as the greatest of all holidays. Join me again next week. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.